hanging out with some other people because uh, we're going to learn from Scripture today, and, and it's, uh, I'm, I'm excited about what we're learning. Also, uh, it's, it's not just hearing that tends to transform our lives or change our thinking. It's often the conversations that happen after what we've heard. So I encourage you, even if you're uh, alone in, the, uh, in, in participating in the live stream, please put some things in the chat. Be part of the online community. And uh, people in this room, uh, hello, welcome. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Uh, good to see you all in this room. Uh, I did want to give an, an update. We've been doing a fundraiser for a trip to Kenya. We're sending uh, four people, three people from New Day, plus Pastor Casey Shufflebein, the pastor of uh, one of our, our daughter churches in, in Marshfield. Uh, the four of us are going to fly out of Mosinee on January 24th. So that's coming up. That's just over three weeks from now. And one of our goals was to raise $3,000 in order to uh, fund the building of a structure. Now, we're not going there to build the structure. There are people in Kenya who are very good builders. <laughs> um, we're helping to, uh, helping to fund it because it's, uh, it's a relatively poor area, uh, and uh, we have the opportunity, as God has blessed us, to be a blessing to others from the, from the overflow of what he's given us. And uh, we met that goal of raising the $3,000 in order to build that structure that's going to be used for training leaders. And when it's not used for training leaders who are, uh, and these are Kenyan leaders who are going into remote villages, when it's not used for that, it will be available to be used for other purposes like education for kids who have a hard time getting to a school, like uh, doing some training in agriculture and, um, and, and some business training and some of the other things that Lifeway Global does in order to help an area prosper as they hear the gospel of Jesus. So thank you so much for uh, helping that happen. That is an answer to prayer for me. We are still welcoming contributions because it costs us about $2,000 per person to travel there, and, uh, and, and so anything in addition to that $3,000 is going to go towards the, uh, the, the travel costs, so um, we welcome uh, additional contributions that way, and as I said, this is an answer to prayer for me, and, and we're going to be emphasizing prayer in the month of January, including a 21 day prayer and fasting campaign that's beginning two Sundays from now, January 14th. So I want you to start thinking about that, mentally preparing for that. And um, we're, the, our teaching each Sunday is going to be about prayer. I'm leaning on a, a resource, a particular book uh, where I've learned a lot about prayer. It's called the Bible. No, I'm just kidding. Um, there is a, uh, there's a book called A Praying Life by uh, an author, Paul E. Miller, A Praying Life. Um, if you're looking for a, a really practical and, uh, resource that goes through the biblical teaching uh, about prayer and, and does a great job of helping us apply it, I found this resource to be excellent. So just so you know, a, a lot of what you're going to be hearing over the next 
few weeks. It's not all my uh, great original ideas. I'm, I'm really leaning on this resource because I've learned a lot from it. So let's start um, before we go into God's word. Let's start by praying together. Lord, it is in the name of Jesus that we approach you to hear from you, to hear from your word, to learn from you, and to make requests of you. It's not by our own righteousness. It's not by our own goodness. It's not by our clever words. It's only in the name of Jesus that we come to you to learn today and then to put what we learn into action for your honor, for your glory. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. So we're at this uh, kind of hinge point between the season of wish lists and the season of resolutions. Um, anybody here make a, a Christmas wish list? Anybody, anybody a list maker? It looks like we uh, either everybody's really shy or we're, uh, it's a minority of people who actually made a Christmas list. I made uh, a, a list. Um, do you ever feel like kind of weird about making a Christmas wish list? Isn't it kind of, does, does it feel like, uh, here, um, buy me one of these things. Like, you don't have to be thoughtful, okay? Just pull out your wallet and go go to the store or look on, just, just get me one of these things. Don't, you don't have to be creative. Have you done it yet? Like, it just kind of feels a little bit, <laughs> a little bit demanding to me sometimes. What about New Year's resolutions? Anybody, New Year's resolutions for 2024? Okay, we've got, uh, again, a minority of people who have actually made resolutions. I like the face that uh, some of you are making, like, eh, I know I should. Uh, if Christmas wish lists are like this weird dependency on other people where you're just saying, you know, I could maybe get this myself, but I want you to get it for me. Resolutions are like the opposite. Like, I'm going to do this by my own will. Oh, I've known for years that diet and exercise are an important thing. And uh, despite my patterns from my entire life this year at this point now by an act of my own will in contrast to every well-established pattern of thought and behavior I'm going to change my habits for good now and become one of those people who won't stop talking about their CrossFit class if it is to be it's up to me the book of hesitations, verse, no, that's not in the Bible. Uh, if it is to be, it's up to me. That's not from the Bible. So what we want to do over the next couple of weeks is start this new year on a foundation that's stronger than our own will and that's deeper than our wish list. What we're going to see is that God does invite us to ask for anything and at the same time invites us to surrender everything. So let's start with God's invitation for us to ask for anything. Because like that weirdness about a, a, a wish list, asking people for 
things can feel a little bit awkward. Sometimes in our prayers, we get concerned about, we don't want to treat God like a, uh, a wish-granting genie where uh, he's just supposed to give us what we want. And sometimes we're so concerned about that that we hesitate to ask him for anything. So yes, it is an immature view of prayer to make prayer all about what we want. And at the same time, we can see in Scripture a number of places where Jesus invites us to ask for anything, anything. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go through a list of Scriptures. I'm going to read through them relatively quickly. So if you want to like write down references so that you can go back to them later and dig a little deeper, uh, you, may want to, uh, you may want to do that. I'm just going to read straight through them. I'm not going to do a lot of teaching about them. Just to kind of make the, the, this point, that put this emphasis on God inviting us to ask for anything. John 14, verses 13 through 14, this is Jesus speaking. You can ask for anything in my name, and I will do it so that the Son can bring glory to the Father. Yes, ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. John 15, 7. But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want, and it will be granted. John 15, 16. You didn't choose me, I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit so that the Father will give you whatever you ask for using my name. John 16, 23 through 24. At that time, you won't need to ask me for anything. I tell you the truth. You will ask the Father directly, and he will grant your request because you use my name. You haven't done this before. Ask using my name, and you will receive, and you will have abundant joy. And then in 1 John chapter 5, verses 14 through 15, John the Apostle says, and we're confident that he hears us whenever we ask for anything that pleases him. And since we know he hears us when we make our requests, we also know that he will give us what we ask for. Now, whenever anybody does what I just did, just plucking verses out of their context, I want you to be really skeptical. Uh, like, I've got a friend in here who's uh, uh, been in, uh, in, in vocational ministry, and um, I can just imagine him, like, getting ready to have a talking to with me. Like, you shouldn't do that, Aaron. Uh, to just pluck verses out and then line them. So you should always be skeptical. If you are a little skeptical, you may have already picked up on a number of conditions attached to Jesus' invitation to ask for anything because you're worried that I might be saying some sort of a prosperity gospel, some sort of an idea that whatever you want without any conditions, and you may have picked up that there are some conditions attached to this invitation to ask for anything in my name is one of them. 
It's going through Jesus that these requests are made. So that the Son can bring glory to the Father is another of those conditions. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, that's a big if. He hears us whenever we ask for anything that pleases him or that is according to his will. So yes, there's more to the story than just Jesus granting our every wish. You also have to admit that Jesus' invitation to ask God for anything is more than just an obscure, like, one-shot verse that we can explain away over and over. We're invited to, we're told to ask for anything. So even with the conditions surrounding it, the invitation is there multiple times. James, the brother of Jesus, helps us process this. What, what, what do we do with that invitation to ask for anything? James chapter 4, verse 1 uh, before he gets to something that's going to help us process this and understand prayer better, uh, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, James diagnoses an important problem in the church. So he's writing to disciples of Jesus. He says, what is causing the quarrels and fights among you? Imagine Christians fighting. Um... Uh, he says, don't they come from the evil desires at war within you? So it's part of our sinful human tendency to deflect blame for conflict onto other people. Now, if you're here and you're like a younger person, you, you might tune me out. I used to do that when I was in church. Uh, I would sit in the back with my friend Dave and they would have these um, pictures, these like missionary support cards, pictures of missionaries where you would, uh, they'd have their address on the back and you'd mail in financial support. Well, we would take those pictures of missionaries and we'd sit in the back row and we'd draw mustaches and write little word balloons about what they'd be saying to each other. We'd tune things uh we'd tune things out so you might if you're um if you're in here and you're sitting at a table like two tables from me you might be tuning me out at this point i want to tell you that when i talk about the human condition uh i'm really just using words that describe what happens when we like get in a fight with our brother or sister our sinful human tendency is to deflect blame for conflict onto other people. So when there's a fight that happens in your household and your parents go, hey, quit it, what's the first reaction? I didn't start it. It wasn't me. It was her. It was him. Like, we don't grow out of that. We still have that tendency because for us, to look at ourselves and consider that maybe we have done something wrong invites shame. And that's a, a painful emotion. It's our way of protecting ourselves. So 
because of our drive, we are all driven to seek pleasure, to avoid pain, quarrels and fights arise among followers of Jesus. That's what James is saying. So through this letter from James, God is not letting us blame other people. Here's how this verse sounds in a more literal transla- translation of the, the Greek that it was written in James chapter 4, verse 1 from the New American Standard Bible says, what is the source of quarrels and conflicts among you? Is the source not your pleasures that wage war in your body's parts? Your pursuit of pleasure is causing pain in the church. That pursuit of pleasure, that could mean a desire for recognition or control or monetary gain or relationships or validation. And I'm just talking about myself. After 19 years of full-time ministry, I have seen a lot of those things in other people too. So what does this have to do with prayer? We're getting there. James continues, you want what you don't have, so you scheme and kill to get it. You're jealous of what others have, but you can't get it, so you fight and wage war to take it from them. That strong language. Don't we, though? Don't we get in an impulse, a desire that becomes a clearer vision to us that starts coming to mind, it starts interrupting our day, prodding us to make a plan until it becomes an action, something we want. Often that plan shows little regard for anyone else's desires or their well-being except our own. Even though we don't literally kill someone, we stop seeing someone as a beautiful person created in the image of God, someone with a story and dreams and a God-given purpose, and we start seeing them as an obstacle to our will being done, or as someone who can help us get what we want. They're just an instrument for us, not a real person. We have essentially killed their personhood and turned them into a tool for our will to be done. So now James exposes two underlying problems here. This is where we see important instructions about prayer. James chapter 4, verse 2, the second half, he says, yet you don't have what you want because you don't Ask God for it. That's problem number one. You don't ask God for what you want. The invitation is to ask boldly. That's not the only problem, though. James continues, and even when you ask, you don't get it because your motives are all wrong. You want only what will give you pleasure. So there's a sort of wanting and asking that's not focused solely on my pleasure. We're to ask for what we want while also surrendering completely to God's will. Those two things really seem 
like they may be in conflict. What does that look like? Thank God that Jesus set an example for us. Jesus models prayer for us that asks boldly and surrenders completely. Before he was crucified, Jesus had this really raw time of prayer with the Heavenly Father. Mark chapter 14, verse 35 says, He went on a little farther and fell to the ground. He prayed that if it were possible, the awful hour awaiting him might pass him by. Now, this is remarkable. This is in Scripture. This really happened, that Jesus prayed that the cross wouldn't happen to him. Prophets had seen glimpses of the suffering Messiah hundreds of years earlier. Jesus himself told his disciples over and over again that he would be handed over to the religious leaders to suffer and die. Does Jesus really think that the plan that was established before the creation of the world was going to change that night? I don't think so. So why pray that prayer? In that moment, Jesus genuinely did not want to suffer. So he expressed that desire. Instead of pretending that he was fine with everything that was happening, Jesus asked boldly for relief. First, he asked boldly, and then he surrendered completely. As you continue reading in Mark chapter 14 with verse 36, we read the prayer of Jesus. Abba, Father. And Abba means, like, we would say, Papa or, or Daddy. It's, a, it's an endearing term that you would say to your dad. Abba, Father, he cried out. Everything is possible for you. Please take this cup of suffering away from me. Yet, I want your will to be done, not mine. So instead of scheming to get what he desired in the moment, Jesus expressed his desires to the Father. He was honest about what he wanted and then said, my greater desire, though, is to see your will being done. So Jesus set an example of asking boldly and surrendering completely in prayer. So my question for you is, how will this inform the way you pray in 2024? Over the next couple of weeks, we'll take a closer look at some of the prayers that we might hesitate to pray because they seem too self-centered. And I want to encourage you, as Jesus did, to pray boldly. I also want you to start thinking and praying about surrender. Make an intentional plan 
for 21 days of prayer and fasting that we're starting together in two weeks on January 14th. Unlike a resolution where you say, if it is to be, it's up to me and it's uh, by your own will. We're doing this together because we'll have the opportunity to support each other in it, to keep each other accountable. And instead of a year-long resolution, we're being a little more realistic about it and saying, we're going to do this for 21 days, and we're going to trust that God is going to teach us some new patterns that will change us from the inside out. Think about your intentional plan. Fasting is an act of surrender, saying no to a particular pleasure or comfort in order to seek pleasure and comfort in God and in his will. Jesus wanted relief from suffering, and yet his greater desire was for God's will to be done. So we've done uh, these 21 days of prayer and fasting in the past. Um, actually, for people who have participated in that, just so we have some examples to share with people who have maybe hesitated to participate before, or maybe they want to do something a little different, or maybe this is brand new to them. Um, can you just share uh, what are some different things that you have fasted from if you've participated in this before? Carbs. Okay. It was horrible, she says. So she and you intentionally changed what you were eating during that time, uh, and the idea then is when you get a craving, that's your prompt to pray, right? At first, I thought you said cards, and I was like, I didn't even know you had a problem with, with cards. Carbohydrates. Okay, what else? Social media, which can often be a, a go-to when you have a moment between things. And, and that, uh, that, that impulse to go for your phone, if you don't have those social media apps on there during this time, that impulse then becomes your impulse to pray. Other examples? Candy. Okay. That can, there's impulses attached to that. What about, what have you done for food? Okay. Fasting from food that you have to chew. A liquid diet. Uh, that, that's one that, um, that, that I've done too, and you'd be, even though you get all the nutrition, you'd be surprised uh, how much chewing is a part of your life. Until you, until you dial that back. Uh, so, and, but, and you didn't start there either. Like you started with smaller things in, in other, uh, in, in one meal. It might be during those 21 days, you might say one meal a week. You might pick one time uh, that becomes a time of focused prayer. Or it might be one meal a day. Where that becomes a time of focused prayer, one meal a day where you're fasting. The, uh, the, the, the substance 
of the fast is, um, is, is not as important as the surrender that you're doing, saying, here's something I enjoy that I'm willing to say, however, not my impulse, not my pleasure, it's God's pleasure that I want to prioritize. And he wants you to spend time with him. So think about what that might look like. You've got two weeks before we start that together. I also want to encourage you to connect to a Tuesday night prayer gathering via video chat sometime this month. It's uh, 6 o'clock to 6.30 in the evening on Tuesdays, just 30 minutes. Uh, You don't have to pray out loud if you don't want to. There will be other people there who are comfortable doing that. And a great way to learn how to pray is to get around people who are doing it. Now, I'm trying something new. Can somebody test this for me and see if this this works? We've we've got on the screen uh, a QR code, and 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 I'm I'm saying it's something new because um, what this is designed to do is actually give you the calendar appointment that has the Zoom link in it. And I'm getting a thumbs up from one person. Do we have any other? I got to tell you guys, it's weird for me to know that you all have phones and I just asked you to do that. And I've got like two people who are, uh, who, who are, who are trying it. If you're in the um, if you're in the chat, uh, you'll see a link there that you could click, and it should accomplish the same thing. Am I okay? I got another. I got another confirmation. Got another confirmation. Okay. Uh, trying something new. Tuesdays. Okay. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. I did. I, I didn't expect that to take that long. Um, Tuesdays, 6 o'clock to 6.30, gather for prayer. It's an opportunity that is ongoing. So 21 days of prayer and fasting starting on Sunday, January 14th. Encouragement from Jesus to ask boldly and surrender completely. So what are you willing to do with what God is teaching you right now? This is more than a New Year's resolution. It's an obedient response to the words of Jesus, letting the words of Jesus direct your course, that's an act of surrendering your will to his. It's wisdom that will guard you during the storms of life. It's an expression of love to God when you hear from him and act on his words. So start the new year with a response to the words of Jesus. And I want to encourage you to consider a response that begins with the words, I will. So we're going to practice the pattern that we've been practicing here for a few years now that I hope becomes the the, the pattern of discipleship that we take out and teach to others, that pattern of uh, reflection, hearing from God, application, saying what I will do, and then discussing that so you're not in it alone. We're going to practice that right now. After a few minutes of quiet reflection, we are are going to reconnect for 
discussion. So let me send us into that time of reflection with prayer. God, we have heard from your word. We have heard the invitation to ask boldly and to surrender completely. I pray that over the next couple of minutes, you'd give uh, each person who's heard that word a, a specific idea of what you would have them do in response. I pray, God, that we would be people of prayer, that we would be disciples of Jesus who follow his example, who obey his commands, and who honor you with our lives. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. Take these next... This is only the first part in a series where we're going to look closer at uh, at, at prayer and and apply more. Um, one of the things I'm excited about is during this 21 days of prayer and fasting is we'll have a prayer guide where um, we've gotten prayer requests from five of the key leaders in Kenya who we're going to be visiting and supporting. And uh, we've got their pictures and we're putting together 
a prayer guide uh, that can help us uh, pray together during those 21 days. And, and part of the 21 days overlaps with the uh, team that will be in Kenya. And so we're excited to have your prayers as we, um, as we do that trip. So continue to, uh, to, to be involved as we ramp up for starting our year on a strong foundation of prayer together. Now, I invite you to take some time to have a discussion uh, at, your, uh, at your table, if you're in this room, in uh, your living room, or wherever you're listening from uh, in, the, uh, in, in the live stream. And again, I invite you, share with us uh, your thoughts, your I will statements, your I did statements maybe from 2023. Uh, share those with us in the, uh, in, in the chat and uh, take this time to have the conversation after the message that's going to help lead to transformation in 2024.